0: The tea break went international this week as Kiwi All-Rounder Logan Van Beek joined me. The key messages that came out of this conversation were around things that Logan has worked on over the years. When we discussed the idea of setbacks and challenges rather than individual events, he talked about things that had restricted him in the past. And we look at identity, desperation and jealousy as three examples of this. Logan comes across as a guy who's worked really hard to get to where he is both as a cricketer but more importantly as a person and what really comes out is how he's worked on things to be not only level but aspirational to try and be the best that he can be. There's so much in here which is essential for good mental health, self-awareness and reflection so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Well, Logan, the first thing I'll I'll mention is when I speak to to, to players, often um, the areas of injuries, setbacks, challenges uh, are things which which we discuss, um, but they might be talking about them out loud to the general public for the first time. But you're in a very different position because you've got your own podcast based around the similar themes. So just tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um so I back in in, in Wellington we have um is a group of us, well most of the guys in the team and there's, there's a coffee shop that's called Raglan Roast and quite often throughout the season we will you know a couple of guys will give the signal whatever the signal was but they will give the heads up during training and said hey man uh, I'd love to have a Raglan Roast session and so that pretty much is is code for let's go have a coffee and Let's go. You know, chat how things are going. And normally, a proper Raglan Row session where everyone has to kind of bring a, a topic that's on their mind at that moment, and uh, and we just yeah, we just kind of say the topic, and then everyone uh, just goes from from there. And it's it's a kind of a, we call it a world problem solving um, uh, session. Quite often, we we don't solve the main world problems, but we definitely solve um, some of the issues that guys are going through, and and just as well just as well um, airing thoughts that guys are feeling and, and most of the time other guys are feeling the same thing and uh, or have felt it in the past um, and just be able to, to chat about it and get it out in the open and, and know that it's actually not a bad thing. So that a lot of those sessions um, and I was finding that I was enjoying those conversations going you know below the surface and, and actually understanding where the guys are coming from and through their journeys and their experiences and uh, I was finding that I was having a lot of these conversations and I was probably asking questions that were leading to these types of conversations. And, um, a lot of the times I'm like, damn it, I wish, you know, I wish I recorded this conversation because there were times where guys would share some really, some really valuable wisdom that you can, you know, that a lot of people could, could value from. And so that was just the, probably the start of right, right, let's try and start recording these conversations and not just in cricket, but in, in, in all sports, because, you know, cricket's not um, the only sport that, that deals with uh, mental health issues. And um, just to try and make the conversation with, you know, with males, females, whatever, it's um, just to try and share their experiences and, and know that, you know, a young athlete coming up up and coming or a current athlete, um, they can they can hopefully uh, learn from their uh, experiences to try and avoid some pitfalls.
0: Yeah, oh, that's terrific. Yeah, I, I love the concept, and this reminds me of something that I was talking about in a session the other day. I don't know if you've seen uh, the Amazon series, The Test. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And there's loads of stuff in there, and I'm a big Justin Langer fan, which isn't necessarily the case for every English person. But um, I, I love all that looking behind the scenes and seeing what they do. But a little thing caught my Attention about Mitchell Marsh saying something very similar to say your your coffee shop sessions, where at the beginning of the day he would um, go out for a walk and, and end that walk with a cup of coffee, and everyone um, was was invited, and if they wanted to to share some things to deal with the homesickness and the the problems that that may arise on a long tour, and that really got me thinking about how that can be utilised in in all walks of life, in recreational cricket as well as professional what was yeah. it that made that happen in, in the context of Wellington what was the first step towards people sitting down and talking about how they're feeling
1: I think it's the, the group that had come together There were guys from all different parts of New Zealand and and different parts of the world um, a couple guys from South Africa so uh, we had we had played for our original provinces. So I was, uh, Hamish Pettin and I are from Canterbury. Um, Jimmy Neesham and and Michael Braceball from Dunedin. Uh, Otago Vaults. Uh, you had Ollie Newton who was down in Otago. You had Peter Younghusband from Nelson. You had um, Devin Conway from South Africa. Malcolm Knopfel from South Africa. Um, so a collection of guys who are all around the ages of between 27 to 30. Um, so they'd been through uh, a lot already and, and even the guys like Ian McPeak and, and Tom Blundell um, have been around Wellington for a long time and experienced different environments and um, I think it was just guys who have been around a lot more and and open uh, had I guess they experienced a lot of things in their career and kind of had highs and lows and, and now have come to Wellington wanting to, to really stamp their mark and, and you know, New Zealand cricket and and, and create a culture um, that they want to be a part of. And that was the the enticing thing about coming to Wellington was that I could have an influence on creating a new culture and get rid of the, the stereotypes that possibly uh, each of the guys had at their previous provinces to be able to go to a new province and actually have an influence on creating a culture of openness, creating a culture where guys are actually Caring about you know what they're doing outside of the game, and that's a, that's a massive thing for us in Wellington. Is we joke about it quite a lot, but we we we, we are double dippers. A lot of us have jobs outside of of the game. So you know there'll be a training that will finish, and guys you know three or four guys will be in the showers, and you know we've got um, we've got a, a an accountant, we've got a guy working in finance, we've got a guy working in project management, we've got a guy working in, in um wasn't that you know the hr kind of realm um guys are coaching there's a lot of guys who have got careers outside of of cricket and that was that's a big thing for us is to make sure that you're you're either studying or you're you're doing something outside of the game because um from our experience so far today that that um a more well-rounded guy um is a better performer more consistent performer on the field because they know it's not the be-all and end-all um Having to perform, so yeah, I think a, a number of yeah, like I said, it was the, the type of guys that came, the ages they were, the experiences they've had, um, and then yeah, the willingness to 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 be open and 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 care about the other, each of the players.
0: Yeah, so if, if people are at a certain age or a certain stage in their career where they are starting to think about transition via uh, having a second job or gaining work experience. And, and so on. There seems to be that degree of world knowledge and uh, and, and acceptance that it's not going to last forever. Has it got easier for you and your teammates, do you think, to talk about things affecting your mental health, things affecting your levels of stress, just how you're feeling as you've got older? Is that something that mainly is done by the guys who are in their late 20s, going into their 30s? Um, or do you, or do you get buy-in from people who are at the early stages of their career? Yeah,
1: I think that the, the older you get, the more understanding of who you are as a person. So it's it's easier to have a conversation if you know who you are as a person and, and you know your, your strengths. You know, um, yeah, what you're about, and that normally comes with a bit more experience and 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 growing up a bit, but. You know, we've got guys in the team who, are, you know, they might be twenty, but they seem like they've been around for five, six, seven years. And then we've got guys who, you know, who are in their mid twenties, but they seem like they've just started. And it you know, it's so it definitely depends on the type of guy, um, and the type of personality that the the young player has, or even the older players. It's um, but it's a lot of it is building that trust within the group, and and for a young guy to come in and and make sure that he's got a voice and older guys asking him questions that are, you know, not only cricket things, but outside of the game, what are you into? You know, what are you, you know, what do you do outside and uh, outside of the game and, and just having a genuine interest in, you know, the person. Um, And as well, them seeing the conversations between the older guys, seeing how open they are. I think that's an example that we try to set so that they know that if they are going to open up and say something um, that they are going to be treated uh, with respect and and it's not going to feel ridiculous like there's still banter there's always banter within a cricket team um and there's always you know plenty of jokes flying around and and things like that but it's there there are times where the little moments where I call them like key really key moments where you can build trust with a player um that's whether you give them extra throwdowns after a, after a training session or they need help moving house and you go help them out um, or you said that you were going to, you know, help them with their study or or um, they wanted to talk. There's just little key moments that pop up. They're not really planned, but they're just little moments where you go, I'm going to go out of my way here to help this person and build a, a trust with them and then, you know later on down the track if they something happen, something there's some sort of issue or something that they need to talk about they know that they can trust oh, I can trust Mike I can trust Logan I can trust you know Jimmy that they're going to you know listen and 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 take it on board because they've shown me that they actually care about uh me uh, as a player so it's um yeah definitely a little there's moments of trust that you 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 try and build with each player and um and that's the same with the coaches as well trying to the coaches got to recognize little moments where they can, um, build trust with players. And, and those, especially a new coach coming in and, um, understanding the player, where is he from? You know, what's, what does he do? What did he study? Um, is he married? Has he got a girlfriend? You know, is he, uh, what kind of topics is he into? Is he into history? Is he into, you know, gaming? Is he into whatever it is so that, um, sometimes the conversation is not straight away cricket. It's the human aspect first and then into the cricket side.
0: Yeah. And sometimes there can be some kind of mysticism around professional sport and team cultures in that. And then people who play it uh, recreationally would think, oh, there's just no way we can achieve certain things because we don't have the resources. We don't have the time. But everything that you've mentioned there, are the kind of things that people can do in an office environment. You can do at your local club, just investing that little bit of time and interest in people. And even if it isn't the case that you've got first-class players, you know, international players in your dressing room, you can still do things to improve your your supportive nature of the team environment. And everything you've, you've mentioned there about the trust that is built as a result of it, Everyone would want that, surely i'm always mm-hmm. flexed as to why people don't don't have their own versions of this, but of course there's things that that get in the way and um, you come at this from a couple of really interesting perspectives you've got your background in uh, in principally in in basketball as well, of course, smaller team in that in that sport um but very focused on how if the synergy of everyone and how that works together. What have you been able to take from your experience um, of, of playing basketball um, into your cricket career?
1: Yeah, uh, two very different sports. Um, you know, basketball was probably a bit more of a, a team-oriented um, sport where you know, you've got five guys on the court you know, there's a certain offense that you've you've that you've practiced that you need the moving parts to work where, you know, you need the guys to cut towards the hoop, you need guys to set screens, you need guys to, you know, make sure that they try and get open and correct pass. So there's a lot more there's a moving parts to trying to score a basket and then on the defensive end again, guys, it's not just obviously the whoever's marking the the defender, then there's guys are gonna be in help defense if you get beaten and then there's a recovery. there's a whole there's all these moving parts whereas cricket a lot of it is individual um, individual moments so you know the bowler is bowling the ball so he controls what is but he's doing that predominantly by himself obviously the the fielding aspect helps and that that's the team aspect but then batting you're the only one that's facing and then the little bit of team aspect comes in the running but from basketball it was um, oh physically it definitely helped my fitness from, from a, from a, I'm just trying to think. Um, Yeah, it was more, I think from my experience, I was a point guard. So I was, I was the controller of, of what was going on and I decided what type of offense we did and what type of defense we would do. And it would, the, the messages from the coach would flow through me into to the rest of the guys uh, to try and make it work on the on the court. So um, a lot of it was understanding the strengths of the guys in the team and and knowing when guys are hot and, you know, when the guys are not going well and things like that and being able to, to read that and pick that up. So <clears throat> that definitely helped coming into a cricket team is um, trying to maximise guys' strengths and, and really – and. And really make sure you know that they if they are feeling a little bit low to remind them of their strengths if they you know if they um are feeling a little bit lost or whatever it's to to really emphasize their strengths and and especially in the game sense i so I haven't captained that often, but i um would encourage the captain or or um i like to yeah to make sure that guys are are being used in their right spots and and that it's going to help the team ultimately so um probably yeah big thing would just be to maximize strengths and to guys like being like guys like doing things that they're good at and strong at and that gives them confidence so uh, that was that was something that i try to yeah think about it from a team aspect is making sure all the parts are in the right places and we're maximizing the strengths of the guys um and that would be yeah, That would be this. I've never asked. I've never thought about that question before. So that's a, that's a. It made me think a little bit there.
0: No, no it makes a. What you've said makes a, a lot of sense. My thought would be that because in, in basketball the teamwork is compulsory. It doesn't it doesn't function if you don't have people working in mm. think. But cricket, even though we've got eleven players or we've got more if we talk about the squad. You can get away with not not playing as as a team, so do you think some of the things that you've mentioned and things that you've experienced over the years about making a team bond stronger it can actually end up being a greater sense of team because you're able to see the comparison with when it doesn't work if that makes sense mm. Mm.
1: yeah well i've playing two sports you, you you deal with different coaches, you deal with different guys and um yeah, you know, the last ten years, I've played. I can't even for at least ten co- different coaches. I've been in ten different teams, and even even with the the, the the Wellington team, every year it changes and guys develop and and change and and um, it's there've been times where I've been in good cultures, but we're losing. You know, there's times I've been in in really average cultures, but we're winning games. Um. But it's it's probably I've probably taken little bits from each each team that I've been a part of, and and one of the best things I've seen is uh, from a coaching perspective is was before a game. It was it was a T twenty game or a one day. I can't remember, but it was a important game, and the coach came in, and he didn't do a a big speech or anything. But he just I just for that day I don't know why, but I just had a look at what he was doing because I started getting interested in in high-performing team but i was like, i was, like, was gonna have a look at this what he does and he went around the guys and he went up to the first guy and he pushed him and he kind of pushed him and he kind of gave him a few punches and kind of rolled him up a bit and and you know challenged him a little bit and um i was like oh, that's kind of interesting and then he went to the next guy who was uh a numbers guy very much stats oriented and he got out a piece of paper and he had you know, his stats, I don't know what type of stats, but he had stats and he was shown in different stats from the last few games and his numbers and things like that. And the guy was looking at it, oh yeah, that's good, good. And then put the paper in his back pocket and went to the next guy and just put his arm around him and, you know, started saying, you know, how good he's been playing. And, you know, you just look great at training the other day and it was fantastic how you went. And and so he went around, the, you know, most of the guys. And the thing that I noticed was that he had a different tactic for every single guy, and that was that was all. I, I remember seeing that and going, wow, that is amazing and it's something I would love to 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 do if I was ever a coach or a leader or you know owned a own business or whatever it is, is to really understand each individual and cater your your relationship, cater your your style of of coaching, cater your style of being a teammate to To the person, and and um, and find out. And I, and I probably got a bit more of a taste of that when I went outside of the, outside of the game and, and worked in a place called Humankind, which was an outsourced HR company. And it was fifteen women and me in a in a company, and we would do um, workshops, we were uh, on well-being workshops, on high-performing teams, workshops on personality testing, strength finders. And it was the first time seeing it. From a uh, from a business corporate situation about different types of teams, but one thing we did do in the within the <clears throat> within the company was we did personality testing. And at, when I first started at the at the the company, I I was this you know quite positive, boisterous, extroverted guy, and I was trying to go around and be friends with all the all the ladies and make sure I make a good impression. And there was just there was one one lady that I just didn't quite connect with we weren't really flowing and i felt a little bit uncomfortable with her and i think she felt a little bit uncomfortable with me and she was quite quiet and reserved and it wasn't until we did this personality testing that i realized that she was you know um uh very or very introverted very uh numbers based and very just there was um yeah, there's a certain way to kind of create a relationship with them. And you find that out through the personality testing and the ways to deal with them. And little things like when I, when you talk to someone of that category, you know, you lower your voice or you um, don't say anything. You ask them questions and just listen, or or you ask them a really specific question and just listen. And there was little technic, technique things that I had read in the report. So I was like, well, I might try this. And so for the next few days I went, over to her and just tried a couple of those tactics, you know, hi, um, i forgot her name now, but it was, you know, what, what do you think about this? What's your opinion on this specific thing? And, and over a course of a week or so, we started having a bit more of a better relationship because I knew how to dial it down or, you know, calm it down. But that was just understanding who the, the person was. And, um, yeah, it was, it's, Definitely. Um, that's I've forgotten the, the following the question, but that was yeah. um, two interesting uh, examples of of understanding who the person is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've noted down what you've been saying. Now, I think again, like the, the theme of, of what you've said prior to this, it's taking that little bit of time, isn't it? Rather than treating mm. everyone exactly the same um, and forcing perhaps our personality or our approach on everyone. Can just be a few tweaks based on how other people want to receive it can make a, a really big difference. Now you've you've cultivated over time, an ability to be able to, to share how you're feeling with, 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 with teammates, with with others. And um, so things like setbacks and challenges, then you may do these in a in a different way to people who've tried to struggle through on their own and uh, and found that extra difficult as a result what would you take from your from your cricket career as being the key setback and and or the key challenge that you've had and and how you've got through it
1: yeah that's a that's a, a great question i I had three things in my career that I felt like were holding me back um, one was identity the second one was was desperation and jealousy so growing up in my in, as a high school i played cricket and basketball and uh, i was always known as the cricket and basketball guy and, and one of the highlights of my career was playing the under 19 basketball world champs and the under 19 cricket world cup in the same year for new zealand and at that point in time you know my identity was 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 filled i was it had been validated where, you know, by making these teams, I'm now the man at sport. And so I finished high school thinking, right, here we go. Happy days. I'm going to move into cricket, play for Canterbury, then make new play for New Zealand then play IPL. And everything's just going to go bang, 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 bang. And, um, a lot of motivations were ex- like very external, very extrinsic, you know, I want, you know, I wanted the, the money, the fame, the, you know, the recognition and things like that. Um, and so when I started playing for Canterbury, I started getting a few injuries. I was struggling to make the team. My performances were up and down. Um, you know, I was living with a couple of guys, uh, Matt Henry and Tom Latham, who were playing for the Black Caps as well. So they were like really good mates. And um, so that led into a bit of jealousy because I was really wanting to be where they were where at. And it was, and guys that I'd played with throughout the age groups so are now playing for New Zealand and things and they were regular members of their own province and and so that jealousy, It would, these were very, not to the surface parts where I was obviously in uh, office where I was um, disrupting the team but these were the things that I was in the back of my mind that was affecting me uh, at trainings and games because that turned into desperation because I was desperate to do well. So every time I got a little opportunity, I was so desperate to do well that I had to now the spell i had to get two wickets in the spell or i had to score a 50 or 100 in this time i the one time i bat because i needed to perform here or else i won't get the selected in the next game or i won't get a contract next season and and it was these these stories that i was creating in my head and you know it just just became uh i started not enjoying my cricket and not enjoying uh the environment that i was in and and I was one person when i go be at home with my friends and my family, you know, I was positive and out going and then, and then i go into the cricket environment and it was just almost like a clicking back into the stereotype of a guy that's got a lot of talent, but he's not going to succeed and um, he can't nail his opportunity. And um, it just kind of just keeps getting same, 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 same. Um, I remember one time I went to the the T20 world cup, in bangladesh in 2014 and i went over thinking all right finally here's my chance you know i'm going to go play for the netherlands i'm going to nail my opportunity i'm going to you know do it on the world stage and then the black caps are going to see and then they're going to pick me for their team and happy days and the first three games i think i got three ducks i didn't have a wicket Um, my rpo was about 12 i dropped a catch um, and I remember I was in the, in the hotel room and I just, I got my laptop out and I had all the lights off and I started writing this letter to myself saying, you know, and the heading was, how can you, how can you try so hard and still fail? And I started writing this letter to myself saying, you suck at this, you can't even do this, you know, you can't even do this. Why are you even trying? You should just give up. This is terrible. And I wrote a couple of pages of this. Eventually, I closed the laptop and um, the next day, somehow, we bet Ireland in a, a ridiculous game and qualified for the next round. And then we played, uh, we got smashed by Sri Lanka, should have bet South Africa, got close to New Zealand, and then we bet England in the last game. Uh, and fortunately, I got a few, few wickets in that game and we played really well. And, um, you know, I finished that game on a massive high and I was, you know, I was coming back to New Zealand. I was like, I've done it. You know I've nailed my opportunity uh this is awesome, and it wasn't at the time I didn't really realize because once I got back to New Zealand, the same things happened. I was kind of in and out of the team, injuries were happening, things like that. but the biggest thing was going from the lowest low of writing you know this hate letter to myself to the highest high, and that that you know roller coaster of emotions wasn't going to be sustainable. Well, I realized is not sustainable if you're trying to be consistent on the cricket field. And, um, eventually it got to the point where I was like, all right, you know, talent and hard work doesn't get you to the top. And I needed to, I needed to sort out what was going on upstairs and, and actually, actually, you know, start to admit things that I'd kind of keep to myself. Um, and that was, I reached out to a a sports psychologist who I'd known for a long time Um, and he had done a number of sessions with Canterbury and he would come in and do a a goal setting session or a mindfulness session or a visual, all these different types of sessions. And I would, every time he'd give us something to uh, write and write down, I'd always write what I thought the perfect cricketer would write or the, you know, the, the strongest mind would write because I didn't want other guys to think, know what I was feeling in terms of identity, you know, jealousy and desperation. So I'd always write that and then I give it to the guy and then do it for, you know, a couple of weeks and then it'll just fade off. But I'd never, you know, actually said what I was actually feeling. And it wasn't until I reached out to him, I said, look, you know, can I just talk to you? And like, let's just sort out a few things. And, you know, we started talking about, well, why do you even play cricket? And I was like, Oh, cause I'm good at it. I think. And but like it wasn't really why I played because I didn't feel like I was much of a badger or you know a, a nuffy a cricket nuffy um and so I worked out the, the real reasons why I played cricket and it was well I like the athleticism um, you know I like the, the the team aspect of it and I like uh, you know how it builds your character because you're having to you're having to deal with failure a lot um, but the one thing I really enjoyed was being under pressure and and having. That opportunity to, to either win, you know, succeed or fail. But just that feeling of being under pressure and when you feel like your body's actually alive and your heart's pumping and things like that, that, that was the part that I really enjoyed about the game. And, you know, again, going to bed that night and going, who you know, that was a good day. Like, regardless of win or lose, that was, I was, you know, had an opportunity to do well there. Um, and so I worked out my why and then we talked about goals. And um, I'd always been, told that it's all about process, 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 but I'd, I'd always liked goals. Um, and so I, um, I started, I put, you know, goals together and I, you know, really started, you know, thinking about what's some you know amazing goals that I'd love to achieve and actually writing them down and actually, and actually putting them up and going, yep, that's what I want to achieve. And I don't care what other people think if they don't think I can do it, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Um, And the third thing was talking about my success. Okay, what's all the things in my life that I can control? And, you know, physically I can go to the gym, I can eat well, I can rest and recover properly. I can improve my speed, you know, socially I can listen to guys, I can encourage guys, I can, you know, I can just be there for other guys, you know, mentally, I can do a bit of mindfulness, I can do some visualization, um you know technically i can scout guys so all the things that i can control that was that, that's how i was going to dictate my success and whether i'm um, successful or not and uh, then probably the number one thing or one of the things was uh, my strengths and understanding who i was as a person and i'm positive i'm hopeful i persevere through things you know i got a bit of zest and humor i like to um be positive and a bit of grit and gratitude as well i really appreciate where i'm at and um then my service, how am I going to give back? So, um, you know, things I like to help give underprivileged kids opportunities. So that's where I'm going to focus all my energy with that outside of the game. And then a couple of quotes, which is stepping towards the pressure. So there's a lot of times in a game where you, you know, you could easily hide at final leg and not bowl the last over or bowl an important spell, but it's actually you know I physically point and do a step forward to go no, put myself in the situation. I need to put do this. Um, uh, another one is awesome at simple it's just trying to be the master at really simple um, tasks either york or hard length Uh, get knocked down seven get up eight that's just a reminder that you know every time i fail fail uh, to just get back up and go again but then the number one thing out of all these things was a time where I was with my uncle at a boys weekend and it was about 2 a.m. We had rum and cokes and and we're talking away and he just stopped and he said, look, Logan, I don't care if you play for New Zealand if you don't, if you score a hundred, if you don't, if you get a five, if you don't, don't care. What I care about and what I'm going to judge you on is your character. And it was at that moment that I, a weight had lifted off my shoulders because you know, if a family member, someone I cared about, who cared about me, you know, said they actually, they love me for who I am or they're going to judge me on for who I am as a person and not how well I do at cricket. And that was a weight off my shoulders because I knew I could control my character and who I was. And um, that's probably something that I've now taken that forward. And once I started piecing all these things together and, and putting them into what I call my cake, um and knowing that this is the recipe of who I am and this is how I'm going to be successful and, you know, why I play and, um, you know, little reminders of, of things, the sprinkles on top, the, you know, the money, the fame, the making the teams, the house, all those things, the, the, the sprinkles and the icing on around the cake. Um, it's, you know, that they might make things look a lot better and successful, cool, which is great, but that's what's inside is that matters and and what counts and what, and what is going to be sustainable over time um, and so that's a pretty long-winded answer to your to your question but that's definitely something that has helped me moving forward into to be able to put myself out there and 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 try and make sure I'm doing things outside of the game and um, and as well maybe a lot more consistent on the field that was the time I moved to Wellington and you know first year I got player of the year and um, started playing for a few games for New Zealand A and then got the opportunity to go play in Derbyshire and um, probably the last year had been has been actually a bit of a grind I've had a number of injuries ongoing injuries with tendonitis, and even the, the Derbyshire the gig over there was you know I was really looking forward to to really stamping my mark and keeping that momentum going and if I'm honest it probably didn't go as well as I'd like and um had a lot of mixed performances and it was it was a, quite a tough time because I was living by myself in derby and um trying to just really keep myself going and pick myself up but the main thing that I had was my cake and all the the recipe of you know what I do so that kept me going and kept me focused on what I was doing and and knowing that everything's that you were alright because I can do all these things um and, you know, if I control the controllable, it's all these cliche things, but they're cliches for a reason because they actually do work and help. And, and that definitely, by sticking to my, my cake, um, flowing into the, the season with Wellington this year where we won the T20 comp, we won the, the Plunkett Shield, and, um, you know, I was I played every single game this season. Um, and it, we definitely had a successful season, but that a lot of it i put down to is just my consistency of of sticking to my cake and and having a wider view of 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 cricket and um it's it's definitely helped me as a as a person and understand who i was how do i, I control emotions and um you know separating emotions from from actually the reality cuz a lot of the times we're going to feel emotions like that's just reality. We're going to feel sad. We're going to feel happy. We're going to feel guilty. We're going to feel, you know, excited. Like these, what I've come to realize that, you know, you might do all these mental skills and all this training and everything in your chance, but you still feel the feeling. You don't, you don't become this indefensible emotionless person. You actually still feel the feeling. It's just the best people have tools and techniques that they use to be able to to get over them quicker, uh, and to get himself back, uh, you know, what, what they're doing at the time. Or, you know, one thing I like to do is if I haven't had a, a good day on the field, I give myself from the pitch to the boundary rope to just to, to process it. Uh, and to know, so say if I, you know, I've dropped a catch or I've bowled about bad spell or whatever, we lost the game. You know, I, I, I go, all right, well, what's the emotion I'm feeling? Okay. I'm feeling this. I try almost to separate it from the reality. Okay, well, how would my best self react in this, in this moment? You know, could I, do I go in the change rooms, sit in my chair with my head down, um, straight away, leave, go home, have McDonald's and go into bed and, and be a sad sack. Or do I go into the change room, work out who's had a great day, get around that person, have a beer with that person, make him feel like he's, you know, the best cricketer in the world, but, or just get around them, uh, you know, make a plan for the training the next day or a couple of days time, uh, and actually walk out, you know, with your shoulders back, your head high. And these are, these are this goes, you know, quite quickly in your head, but that's a lot of the time is like, what is your best self? How would that best self react in this situation? And, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's the journey definitely that's, sorry man. that's a it's a long long answer
0: no no well it saved me really asking a couple of questions in the middle of that because you've you've really tapped into what i was what i was wanting to hear and i think it, what you've described there reminds me of a quote from um, man's search for meaning by victor frankl where he says um, with why man can tolerate which uh, virtu- i think it's virtually anyhow any paraphrasing. yep Yeah, I read it. And having something to come back to and being connected with why you're doing it is so powerful and so important. And the amount of people, whether it's at whatever level, who play whatever sport. And if you were to ask them why do you do it? And I've done this before and had looks like I've got something growing out of my, my head when really. Having some appreciation and understanding of, of why you do something, what the purpose of it is. It doesn't have to be uh, an intimidating exercise. In fact, it has so many, so many benefits and, and really connects you with, with everything that you, you're doing. I guess my final, final question, Logan, is in this process that you've gone through of, of self-awareness, of, of, of self-understanding, of connection with other people, how, is the, how much of an impact has this had on your, your well-being and your mental health in general? Because that roller coaster that you mentioned of being really high when you're doing well on the pitch, but then falling off the cliff when you're doing badly isn't sustainable, and it's a real big source of stress and, and pressure. And if people are always living on those fight-or-flight instincts, then you're burning up so much energy and so much resource within you. So having that more level approach. And the and the the context that you place things in, and um, what's that done for your health and well being? Not only for your game of cricket, but for for you as a person.
1: Yeah, it's a feeling of of being content and a feeling of inner, inner peace, and that's what uh, has definitely been cre- created through just that process of um, a understanding why I do it, you know, b who I am and sending myself a direction. Um, and I think it's, I actually, I always feel okay when I know I'm walking in the, in the right direction. Um, and that doesn't need to be, I don't need to be sprinting down that direction. I just need to be just heading somewhere. And, um, you know, I like to just be a little bit better each day. And that's, you know, I have to-do lists that I like to write down for the day or for the week. And if I'm able to tick some of those off, throughout a day simple simple little things um then that that makes me feel like all right i'm i'm moving in that direction uh probably my the days that i don't have great days is that, is when i feel like i i haven't um yeah done something to contribute to where i want to head um and again it's yeah some days i will go gun bust gangbusters and and do a lot of things other days it just might be just make my bed and and make sure i you know text a mate or something like that just something just really simple but it's a feeling of all right that's contributing to where i'm where i'm heading and um it's going back to the the why's is is it changes for different things you you know i i want to be under pressure and have the chance to succeed Like i'm not going to have that for my family i don't want to feel under pressure with my family i don't want to feel under pressure with my girlfriend um you know I might, you know, I might, I might want to feel under pressure with some work stuff, you know, going into it, a, uh, and a, with an interview with someone I, I don't know, or doing a, a, um, a presentation, or having to cold call someone, or stuff that makes you feel a little bit nervous. That you know, that's for work, but for my, you know, family, that I want to be, you know, encouraging and positive, and and make them proud. So your why's change for different areas of your life as well, and um, so that's that's it another key thing is as well is um yeah walking in a direction having different different whys as well uh, but it's definitely for me my personal well being it's um it's definitely given just the feeling of being content and like, I just feel like yeah I'm in the right place i'm I'm heading in the right direction I've just gotta you know keep swimming I've just got to keep moving forward and i you know I like to wake up early and and Spend the first you know forty five minutes and and not look at my phone um not look at anything on the outside world and um you know I've got a a girlfriend who wakes up at four, which is just crazy to me but um so she's already up and about doing stuff, but it's you know talking to her for a little bit um uh, you know i I'll do a little bit of visualization of what my days is I got ahead and and a lot of the time the quote I repeat it myself is you know how would my best self react in this Moment, and then you know, I also think about you know, work in the future and how I want that to look, and think about cricket in the future and how I want to look, and just kind of use that time where I'm I've got no external um interruptions, especially with your phone where you someone's text you or you know, likes or whatever it is. Um, it's just a time, and it's it's just the time in the morning where you've just got your time to yourself where you can just work things out. And go, all right. And then once you want to start the day, then you start the day. But yeah, that's definitely something that's that's helped me just feel like I'm in a bit more control of, of how the day is going to go.
0: Yeah, excellent. It, it's something that um, I was just thinking about completely by coincidence when I was out running this morning about routines and, and 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 little goals and just trying to, as you say, move in the right direction. And I've been speaking to people about, about little ways of doing that and what you've said about that first part of the day we'd been chatting the other day myself and, uh, and some others about your first hour of your day and your last hour of your day and all the mm. things that can go on in the middle but a lot of people find it really helpful to to kind of reserve those first, those two hours and say that's when it's just going to be for me looking after myself no expectations from the phone that's ringing or, or anything else mm. I think that's a really powerful one um, now, in this conversation, we, we've we've covered it all, really, in terms of things for people to look at in terms of improving their mental fitness for performance, as well as that contentment, things that are more day to day that can be done, which just keep you on an even keel. but are going back to that beginning about the world problem solving sessions over a cup of coffee that has real utility for, for making sure that things don't build up and become too stressful, so Logan, this has been uh, absolutely brilliant for me to, to listen to what you've got to say. it's made me think about a lot, and I know that people will hear things that that they do or have done, or maybe things particularly with the identity, the desperation, the jealousy that you mentioned that might just be beneath the surface and make people think, well, if I'm honest actually, those things are also things that um, have impacted me. so thank you uh, very much for joining me. Um, I'll also r- remind people to, to check out your podcast there's some if you like this kind of stuff you, you'll love what's going on with that so I really would endorse that to absolutely everyone but for now I'll say thank you and whenever we do get some cricket again to go well.
1: Thanks very much uh, Mark it's been a, a pleasure to, to chat with you and I, I really love what opening up cricket is, is, is doing um, it's a it's a it's a great message to be sending to guys and just getting guys to be able to 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 talk about you know how they're going because you know young men and and purpose and you know understanding who they are and you know it's it's these conversations that we need to have more of because it's um it's definitely cricket is is a, a stucky sport at times. Uh, and the more we can support each other, the better. So I really enjoy what you're doing, and I wish you all the best with, uh, with, it, with it all.
0: Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Speak soon, Logan. Cheers, mate.
1: Cheers, mate.